0: Your podcast on everything, Columbia. I'm one of your hosts, Ome Salma Rejentula.
1: And I'm Dylan Gunnels.
0: And we are your hosts, and we're going to take you through news and events that are happening in and around the city we love, Columbia, South Carolina. Before we jump into it, we want to introduce ourselves. So, Dylan, tell me a bit about yourself and why did you feel the need to have this podcast?
1: <laughs> well, thanks, Ome. <laughs> uh, my name's Dylan Gunnels. I moved to Columbia in 2015. And um, I very quickly fell in love with the city. And so I am a dog dad to Samson and Delilah, a Springer Spaniel and a Chocolate Lab. I'm also a cat dad, not necessarily by choice, but I love him very much. And um, I work for a local nonprofit. I also started a nonprofit myself. Um, and I find myself oftentimes intertwined in community outreach projects and political campaigns um, and so many things surrounding the city, and so I just thought, you know, uh, this city has a lot to offer, and in many ways I hate that Columbia has come to be known as the hidden gem. Um, I don't want it to be hidden anymore. Uh, There's so much that the city has to offer, and so I just thought, hey, Why not take advantage of the podcast phenomenon that's going on right now and let's launch one of our own. And so my hope is that, like you said, we can just get together and talk about all things Columbia. What's going on in the city? What does it have to offer to you? Where can you get involved? Where can you get engaged? Um, And and where to go from there?
0: And uh, Dylan, one important thing I think to note is that you are South Carolinian, so you haven't moved from far.
1: No, I grew up in Aiken. And I went to school in Charleston, and then I just found myself in Columbia. So, Omi, how about you?
0: Well, I moved to Columbia. I'm also not a Columbia native. I'm not even a South Carolinian native. I am not even American. Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) So I moved to Columbia in uh, 2017 uh, to be with my partner and his daughter. So I live with them. And we also have two dogs. Nice um, Bella and Annabelle. And uh so I moved here not really knowing what this thing, South Carolina, is. Never heard of Columbia before I met my partner. Mm. But as soon as I moved like I moved from a huge city from Toronto, which is like just a mega city. Yeah. Almost. And um I just fell in love with the city, just like you. It it mm. is it's, it was an, it's an easy city to navigate in a sense that people are just interested in talking to you, hearing what you have to say. And, you know, when my dad comes to visit, he will go on walks in the neighborhood and he'll come back and he's like, five people waved at me, <laughs> you know, like being from a big city yeah. like that is, um, you know, just not what we're used to. So I Mm-mm. easily adapted to the city. Um, and I, um. You know, got a job as the director of programming at the Nickelodeon Theater, which is, you know, one of the, you know, jewels of this city. And that really opened up my world to the community of Columbia. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just like you, just meeting people, getting to know them, getting involved with community organizing. Um, I've just, you know, I've volunteered everywhere for a while where I couldn't work. And that was a great way for me to get to know the city. Uh, so now I work um, at a local food security um, organization. I also teach at the University of South Carolina, of course, on film programming. Dylan, when you told me, let's start this podcast, I was like, hell yes, let's do it. <laughs> um, I have a background, I guess. this. Um, you know, we're not just two people on the mic. I have a 15-year background in yes. community radio. Uh, so it was an yeah. easy jump And first. that's
1: why I definitely came to you, because I thought my obsession with the city and trying to get this out there and your expertise, it was a match made in heaven. So I took advantage of it.
0: (laughs) So here we are bringing you Soda City Speaks. And we landed an amazing first interview. We really did. You'll be hearing from our beloved mayor, Stephen Benjamin, in a bit. But I want to give you a quick rundown of the way each of our shows will run. So it's a a once-a-month show, launches on the first of the month. Our first segment will be headlines from the past month of important stuff that's happened in the city. Our second segment will be a recap, a longer recap of what's happened in the city, either an event, an issue. Um, Our third segment will be a longer form interview. And our last segment will be community listings, what you need to look out for in the next month. Um, And in between all those segments, we'll be bringing you local Columbia artists that you can listen to and then follow.
1: So let's jump right in.
0: All right. So here are your headlines from Columbia, South Carolina in the month of March.
1: The City of Columbia announced a new initiative, which will commission artists to paint murals on city-owned buildings to bring Black history and culture to the city. The murals will be spread across the city and include prominent Black figures, businesses, and more.
0: This past week, the governor of South Carolina, Henry McMaster, and South Carolina DHEC announced that all South Carolinians age 16 and older will be eligible for the COVID 19 vaccine beginning Wednesday, March 31st, i.e., yesterday, and can begin scheduling appointments the same day. Currently, only the pfizer vaccine is available to those aged 16 to 18 and you can find a provider on the dhex website
1: community health centers across the state will receive 95 million dollars from the latest congressional covid 19 aid package columbia area centers are expected to receive around 15.3 million dollars of the funds which will go toward administering vaccines and related support for vulnerable populations
0: Elected officials in Richland County will no longer carry government spending cards under an updated policy. Under new rules approved by Richland County Council on March 2nd, a county employee within the office of each elected official will be trained to handle the cards and make purchases on the official's behalf. The changes come after then-Councilwoman Dolly Myers was indicted in December on numerous charges related to misuse of county credit cards.
1: Sixty years ago in 1961, about 200 mostly black demonstrators gathered at the South Carolina State House to protest segregation. Another 200 to 300 people observed from the periphery. The students were warned by police to disperse within 15 minutes or face arrest for breaching the peace. They did not, and they continued their protest. On the exact day of the event's 60th anniversary, March 2nd, The Columbia rally was commemorated with a gathering just across from the South Carolina State House where a historic marker and stone monument were unveiled. The protest prompted a legal challenge that reached the Supreme Court, which in an 8-to-1 decision ruled in favor of the demonstrators. The Supreme Court determined that South Carolina had infringed on protesters' fundamental rights to free speech and assembly, as well as their freedom to petition for redress of grievances.
0: This month... Amidst the pandemic, Columbia City Council approved wine and beer consumption for the Gervais Street Bridge dinner this May. The event had already received approval from the City of West Columbia and is expecting up to 1,000 attendees.
1: The City of Columbia is reopening its community centers and pools after closing last year for COVID-19. Community centers, including the Drew Wellness Center and its indoor pool, will reopen May 3rd. Outdoor pools will open Memorial Day weekend.
0: The 20-acre Bull Street Park will be named in recognition of Black history on the former hospital's property. A committee of city officials, a UFSC history professor, and the executive director of Historic Columbia will narrow down three names that city council will then consider and approve. The name is expected to be official by the summer. And those are your headlines credited to The Post and Courier, The State, and COLA Today. We're going to take a quick musical break with the restoration, and be back with our next segment. Stay tuned. I got a pocket full of moonbeams, a noodle full of
1: bad dreams, and melodies that never went anywhere. I swear I'll stop poking the bear right after this. You got a castle made of sawdust, a mattress for a bank trust, and a blaze of glory in the old
0: city speaks this is our second segment the fizz
1: the fizz where we take a deeper dive into the
0: headlines and this month we'll be talking about probably one of the biggest headlines that has popped up in this city it is the upcoming elections and who has declared their candidacy it
1: is election season in Columbia, South Carolina, May, But I think the funny thing is, do we ever really get out of election season in Columbia?
0: Never. Never. This is what it means to live in America, I've learned. Because in Canada, we have very short election seasons. Mm. I mean, there's no cycle as in like it comes every... Four years but it is not this constant
1: no. well i can tell you that it's not this constant in other states either south carolina is extremely unique in how political we are hmm. um and, and it is constant but you know for a political junkie like me it's exciting all the time
0: it's so exciting <laughs> i'm already excited
1: but we are definitely in election season this year in yeah. columbia south carolina specifically and very exciting um you know, somewhat sad to see Mayor Benjamin announcing that he is not running for reelection. So we will be losing somebody who's been in that seat for a decade. Um, but exciting to see new folks choosing to step up and run. Um, so right now, on record, we have three people who have officially put their name in the ring or their name in the hat, mm-hmm. their ring in the hat. <laughs> I think it's what a- whatever that is.
0: I think you put gloves in the ring. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> They have declared their candidacy. They've declared their
1: candidacy. (laughs) Tamika Isaac Devine, Sam Johnson, and Daniel Rickman.
0: So let's dive deeper.
1: Let's get into that carbonated fizz.
0: Let's do it (laughs) and find out (laughs) who these candidates are. Uh, so Tamika Isaac Devine. What do we know about her? She's been in city council for nineteen years, since two thousand and two, and is currently the mayor pro temp. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think for many people in some capacity, Tamika Isaac Devine is probably a household name. Mm -hmm. Um, And I say that just in the sense that she's a Columbia native, um, so she's been here her whole life. And she's really been engaged in the city her whole life in some capacity. Um, But also being an at-large city council member since 2002, um, you're talking almost 20 years of service in an at-large seat, which means that she truly does serve... The entire populace of the city in some capacity um, so i think that she's certainly a name that people know
0: and she was the first african-american to win the at-large seat and she's also the first female african-american councilwoman correct um, and uh, currently or at the same time as being a councilwoman she is the founding partner at jabber and isaac so she's mm-hmm. a lawyer which I am learning. A lot of politicians in the state are.
1: Mm-hmm. Tends to be a theme. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Guys.
1: But we won't hold it against them. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying.
0: <laughs> Next up, we have Sam Johnson. Tell us a bit about Sam Johnson.
1: So Sam is also pretty engaged in the city. I, I think most people learned about Sam when he was actually an assistant uh, to the mayor. Uh, he. Uh, Got his start, if you will, if I can claim that on his behalf. I apologize, Sam, if you're (laughs) listening. Uh, But it seems to me, based on what I've learned and what his bio says, um, that he really got his start when he got involved in Mayor Benjamin's campaign Um, that was actually a historic campaign it was record turnout um, and it was very historic for many reasons and so I think that was kind of his jump start and then he became an executive assistant to the mayor so he helped with a lot of economic development projects um, and was put in charge of different things like the My Brother's Keeper campaign uh, the famously hot New Year celebration and the regional mayor's collaboration with Bull Street so
0: he does famously hot he does. That is why they always have amazing 90s R&B artists. <laughs> Thank you, Sam, for your service to this city because famously hot is always amazing. I love it. Um, and Sam is, a little known fact, a mug collector.
1: Oh, <laughs> I am too. Because I'm so much coffee. <laughs> I am obsessed with coffee mugs. I know this has nothing to do with the segment.
0: Well, St. Joseph likes to collect coffee books.
1: We have something to talk about.
0: (laughs) He's born and raised in Columbia, um, and he is currently a lawyer at Nexon Pruitt. Mm -hmm. Next up, Daniel Rickerman.
1: So... Unfortunately, I I don't feel like I have much to go off of. I I guess I could have done some more digging on the research side to maybe pass websites when he ran for office. Mm -hmm. But Mr. Rickman currently is on city council in District 4. Um, I do know that he's a business owner. He's got a business here in the Midlands. Um, I do know that he served on city council for two terms now. Um, So he's certainly not a brand-new face. He's not a brand-new name. Um, and he is an, an even voice, if you will, on council sometimes. Um, not always popular in some cases, but he is an even voice to folks who are lawyers and attorneys and um, people who understand a lot about municipal law and things like that. But he, he's a voice for, for business.
0: So in addition to mayor, we have um, the they council at large, the council member at large position that is up. Whose seat is that? Is someone not coming back? Oh, Tamika.
1: Tamika, yeah. Right. So because Tamika is leaving her seat to go pursue the mayor's seat, that seat then becomes open.
0: And the two people who have uh, declared their candidacy, fittingly, are two women, two mm-hmm. young women. Yes. Um, And uh, so first, Aditi Bustles uh, is a first generation immigrant and She's a public health researcher, so not a lawyer, and <laughs> she oversees several statewide initiatives that support family and child health and well-being. And she got her PhD in public health from right here at the University of South Carolina. Yep. And uh, we're definitely hoping to, as this podcast you know progresses, we want to interview each of these candidates, and we're positive they'll come on the show because. We already got Mayor Benjamin to come on. Right.
1: And we're sure you're listening right now (laughs) because this is an important podcast to listen to and be informed, even if you're a candidate.
0: Exactly. And then next up, we also have running for the at-large seat is um, a name that I think we all know in terms of local politics is Heather Bauer, who um, was my biking buddy for a little bit when Now we both used to work on Main Street.
1: I bet she's quite the cyclist.
0: I could not keep up.
1: I could not keep up with her in the gym or anywhere else. I feel like
0: she wanted me to, like, she's like, okay, we're going to go at seven o'clock. I was like, what? <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> I don't, this is no, no. no. <laughs>
1: yeah, but like you said, I, I think Heather is also a familiar name. Um, or seen her signs because she ran uh, in the primary for District 75, which is Kirkman Finley's seat. Um, she ran against Rhodes Bailey, uh, and Rhodes ended up winning uh, in the primary. Uh, but Heather had a very memorable campaign, and mm-hmm. I think she really stuck out to a lot of people because she's a hard worker. Um, her little tagline is that she's a workhorse, uh, she's gonna get the job done. And, and so, you know, I think her experience. Uh, in that political race is really going to amplify her into the city council race. Um, but also she's got the credentials, and I'll let you kind of touch on that if you'd like.
0: Yeah, for sure. She's a business owner and an IT project manager. Um, she also grew up here in rural South Carolina, uh, and she's very vocal about having grown up poor, um, living in a trailer, um, a, you know, and her family having to... Um, live on SNAP benefits or, you know, what we used to call back then um, food stamps. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she ended up going to the University of South Carolina and stayed in Columbia. And I think that that background and her being so open about it is, um, you know, very vulnerable in her campaign Mm -hmm. and makes her very attractive as a candidate. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I want to put a little personal caveat, if I may, Mm -hmm. um, because I I, want to make sure folks know that um, Columbia is big enough, but Columbia is also small enough that when you, when you meet the people that are really engaged, um, it becomes a smaller circle and Mm -hmm. you start to get to know folks who are even, you know, elected officials and considered top leaders. Um, I just, I guess I want to put the caveat that I believe that every single one of these candidates, um, no matter how we may have just spoken about them, you know, you knew Sam had a, a, Uh, affinity for mugs Uh, and i i know a little bit more about heather because we do have that relationship but i just want to make it clear we think all these candidates are highly qualified Mm -hmm. um, and we think all these candidates have potential to serve the city well Um, we're just giving you our experiences with them if we have them
0: yeah and i think you'll hear when we interview mayor benjamin that that's what that's part of what we both love myself and dylan i think we and we mentioned it with, with um Mayor Benjamin, that it's, even if you're the mayor, you know, you'll walk down the street and he'll say hi to you and mm-hmm. he'll talk to you and he'll remember who you are and he'll come in and, you know, hang out at your workplace. And, mm-hmm. and so I think all of these candidates, we know them personally. I mean, each of us. At some
1: be. capacity. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's... Yeah. um. Well, and
1: I do want to put the other caveat, too. Is that the right word? Maybe I just... I think I stick with words sometimes when I know that they're caveat. working. Um, you
0: saw this, this episode of Soda City is brought to you by the letter C. <laughs>
1: um, but I do also want to make it clear for folks that... These are all the individuals who have publicly declared already that they're actually running for the seat. Um, Filing doesn't officially happen at City Hall for these seats until August. Okay. Um, So we have until August for people to continue coming forward. Uh, It's not until that final deadline for filing that we'll know for certain who all the candidates are. Um, So just keep that in mind, and if more pop up, uh, we'll certainly keep you guys abreast of who they are and and what their platform is, uh, but just know that these are the people that have publicly announced so far. And I will say to that point, um, District 1, uh, Sam Davis, who has also served on city council for 20 years. Uh, has announced that he will be retiring uh, although he told me he doesn't really like that word um, so sorry Sam I used it anyway um, but but he's not running he's for not re-election running. too yeah. so we know we'll have some candidates coming out in District 1 that we just don't know about yet so this is what we have so far
0: we're going to take a quick musical break with the restoration and be back with our next segment stay tuned I
1: saw you
0: Which is always going to be an in depth interview with someone in the city who we think is interesting and has something to say. So, who did we interview this month, Dylan? Do tell.
1: Oh, May. As if nobody knew. <laughs> We had the privilege and the honor, truly, of interviewing and and speaking with Mayor Benjamin over the phone. And um, there is so much. I'm actually on the city's website right now because I thought maybe I could pull some points. And his bio (laughs) stretches the entire. I have to scroll and scroll. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, it's so long that they give you quick facts about Mayor Benjamin (laughs) with bullet points. Um, What
0: are these quick facts?
1: So some of the quick facts are that he was first elected mayor in April of 2010. Um, And again, it was a historic election with record turnout. He also served from 2018 to 2019 as president of the US Conference of Mayors. And that boosted our city on a national scale. Um, And all
0: the mayors from that are part of the conference came to to Columbia. Columbia. I I remember that because they had an event screening the hate you give an advanced um, screening for all the mayors Mm -hmm. at the Nickelodeon theater. So that was really exciting. And You know, everyone was really excited to meet Bill de Blasio. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: But yeah, I mean, he again, the the list of accomplishments goes on and on and on. I think many of us are familiar with who Mayor Benjamin is and in some capacity have interacted with him at Mm -hmm. some point.
0: So here's our interview with Mayor Benjamin.
1: Well, we are joined this afternoon with Mayor Steve Benjamin and uh, Mayor Benjamin, we just really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. and uh, we just want to have a conversation with you. you've You've served the city now for an entire decade, and uh, we just love to to hear uh, your thoughts as you're moving on to the next stage in life and uh, just hear, uh, how you're feeling about it? So I, I just want to dig right in. It's January of 2022, and you're driving away from City Hall for the last time as mayor. Uh, what are you thinking?
2: Well, I, I hopefully I'm leaving uh, City Hall with the same sense of humility uh, that I had when I when I um, uh, assumed office in, in 2010. Uh, the, the reason I ran for mayor uh, was because Columbia has been so good to me. Literally every single thing that I have, a, a, a wife and two daughters, an education, an opportunity to live up to my given potential. It's the reason I ran. The city has been good to me, and I wanted to serve um, my, my city and, and our fellow uh, citizens. Um, it's not lost to me that the, even the opportunity to serve Columbia... Is because of the um, the sacrifices of so many people who came before me who did not have the very same opportunities, and I've always found it humbling. Uh, so I I, I plan to, to leave the way I came and and prayerfully, it will be the opinion of the of the men and women and, and families who make up the city that I serve the city well. That, that's that's my hope and, and my prayer.
0: And um. I just wanted to kind of follow up on that. You had mentioned or we had read that you came to the city at the age of 17. Um, where are you from and what prompted you to move to Colombia? I know the city's given you so much and it's become your yeah. city.
2: Absolutely. My parents, uh, my parents are both from Orangeburg. Orangeburg. My dad's actually his family's from a, a place outside of Orangeburg uh, in, in Callahan County called Cameron, mm-hmm. and uh, they were married there. And they did what a lot of Black Southerners did in the '60s and '50s, and literally the first half of the of the 20th century. They 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 left. Uh, they they didn't find a, a a city or a state that um, would allow them to live their God-given the potential, so they left and moved to New York uh, City. I was born and raised in in Southeast Queens. And um, uh, after high school, I matriculated at the University of South Carolina as a freshman. And it's um, uh, it, it started me on, on, a, on a path of, um, you know, really, I mean, I mean we, we, we know what um, education means to every family. Uh, but to have a chance to come back to the place that my parents were from and to have a chance to um, receive a quality education and then have a chance to get involved in all the different things that make um, uh, citizenship real in terms of uh, social action and, um, uh, uh, and public service. Um, so I got here as a 17 year old and with the exception of a couple of years in Raleigh, i worked in corporate America. I've been in Columbia the entirety of my, of my adult life.
0: Um, so you served as mayor for 10 years. What would you say has been your biggest accomplishment or your proudest achievement? What is your legacy to this city?
2: Sure. Well, you know, um, some people will always look at the more tangible aspects of, um, of, of service. You know, they'll, they'll look at a revitalized downtown or, or Bull Street, as we watch. We're going we're gonna, to uh, 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 break ground on a brand new building on, 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 on Bull Street, which represents the largest downtown development in any uh, city east of the Mississippi. 181 acres. Some will talk about baseball or 750 million dollars in infrastructure spending, um, investment in green infrastructure, very first standalone stormwater bond in the country, um, certified by the Climate Bond Initiative as green. Now, look at those and some uh, others who, who focus more so on on fiscal responsibility. Before I was mayor, we we went two years, uh, we couldn't close our books, and we've had not only clean financials, uh, but um, uh, we've gotten the government Office finance officers association award of excellence in financial reporting. Six years in a row, we finished eight of the last 11 years with a budget surplus. So We've never raised taxes, actually cut taxes uh, in the city. Um, so fo- some folks look at the tangible investments, our investments in the arts and the like. But I will tell you, I think the greatest contribution um, was the fact that we pushed Columbia to believe in itself. Um, this, this city is amazing collection, more, more diverse than any other city in the state um, um, uh, by far. Uh, a collection of not only African-Americans and white citizens and a growing uh, Latino and Asian population, uh, but we literally have citizens and residents from almost every one of the 194 sovereign nations of the world. We speak 90 different languages. Uh, we, 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 we practice various religions, believing that that, um, that, that, that that diversity is a strength and using it as a, as a tool to lever up our belief in ourselves as a special and unique place. Uh, that that's designed to attract the most talented, educated, and entrepreneurial uh, people uh, in the world. I'm a firm believer in the power of cities. Uh, cities are not uh, these perfectly drawn, you know, a, a box by cartographers that you see on a on a map of U.S. states, and and cities can't be gerrymandered like congressional districts. They're, they're natural, living, breathing organisms of, of of people who, for one reason or another, decided to make this place their home and in, in, in trying to uh, constantly uh, pump into the city a belief that we are greater than the sum total of our parts that this is a special place that's meant to serve as a platform for human potential uh is, is what i what i hoped uh to um uh to imbue in, in in the identity of columbia so some will talk about downtown some will talk about infrastructure some will talk about bull street but i hope and pray that 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 simply the belief uh, that this place is a special place that deserves our, our our time, our talents, and our treasures. I hope that's the greatest gift uh, that that I could leave the city.
1: I think that's an incredible uh, montage of accomplishments. Though, um, when you speak of all those things, I think that's an incredible um, resume of things that you have been able to do as the mayor. I, I do. I going off of our little questionnaire here a little bit. Hopefully Ome will be okay with that. <laughs> but uh, you you really touched on something that I think is important and, and something that we're hoping to do with this podcast even is really highlight all that the city of Columbia has to offer um, and, and, and everything um, that is going on here. And you really touched on something just now, just now, uh, mentioning kind of the identity of, of Columbia and mentioning the diversity um, and, and, again, everything that the city has to offer. Uh, what would be something that you would say to somebody that says, after you just finished naming all those things that have been accomplished, all those things that are in the works and all those things, um, again, that the city has to offer, what would you say to somebody that says, oh, I, I didn't really know that? Uh, yeah. Or somebody that feels it's, like that's not really the case.
2: It's um, it's it's you know it's difficult. I mean, because the reality is that most of our and I use the word citizens and residents because everyone's not a citizen, but we're all invested in this community. But most of our citizens, most of our residents, are usually wrapped up with you know with the real challenges of life. You know, people people still have to earn a living, which has become pretty difficult. In many parts of of america they got to keep a roof over their heads and food on the table they're not necessarily paying attention to six o'clock or 11 o'clock news <laughs> and usually sometimes it's even kind of tough to parse through you know what, what's you know what what's what the good stuff the fun stuff because usually uh that stuff doesn't make uh the news i would encourage people uh to make to work hard to make a connection with the communities within within which they live and that's why we, we focused on downtown, for example, uh, uh, dealing with for a very specific reason. Uh, we believe that that people are bound to their historic commercial quarters, their main street, emotionally more than they believe that they are. They're, we're all bound financially. When I talk about development of a, a tower or an office building downtown, people think it's about downtown, but the reality is that 63% of, the, of every tax dollar created by this, this building goes to fund our school system. You know, it, it, it's what funds you know, responsible 21st century uh, public safety and policing. It's what fund uh, funds our affordable housing projects uh, and, and uh, all, all across uh, the, the city. So, so I, I, so I'll talk about downtown in a, in a way, I attempt to try to talk about downtown in a way that helps everyone understand that I understand that we're all, Bound emotionally to downtown. So if something is, if downtown's alive, people feel that their city is alive. If downtown, if the tumbleweeds, you know, running down your main street, then <laughs> uh, people think that the city is dead. And that that's for our citizens, uh, but also to um, uh, to our visitors, people who come to the city. It's a um, uh, that people make a judgment call about the city based on on the again the histo- historic commercial corridors. So I, I I talk about downtown a lot because I want people to come to downtown. Because it tends to be the place that unites us all. As you walk down Main Street, not only do you see, yeah, the brand new tower where, where eight hundred eighty uh, students might have to be uh, happy to be living, but you see adaptively reused historic structures uh, that 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 have been um, uh, I, I tell people our dominant uh, architectural style in Columbia, South Carolina. Is post Sherman esque, uh, you know, since he burned everything down in 1865. <laughs> you will find uh, two old, old buildings like you might find in a Havana or, or, or Charleston or Savannah, mm. but 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 you, you 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 develop a real connection to the to the city that I think begins to perpetuate within oneself and and a, 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 a more of a sense of identity with the place that that we live. It, um, you, you walk through downtown and you, and you pass the Columbia SC 63 wayfinding sign. It tells people the story of Columbia's uh, connection and leadership in the civil rights uh, movement that you that you rarely hear about. If you're talking about civil rights, people are usually talking about Birmingham or Selma or Memphis or, or Atlanta and not understanding the really crucial role and critical role that our city played there. So it's about it's about kind of weaving the story uh, that helps people understand that 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 their story is interwoven with the stories of not just the people we read about on the front page, but just really hardworking, decent men and women of every background. They they are black, white, uh, Latino. A huge, um, meaningful Jewish history here in Colombia. That these leaders were gay and straight. I mean that 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 there's something special uh, about mm-hmm. about this place, and and it, and it's so important that as I leave the stage uh, at this phase in my life, that, that that we have men and women who are willing to speak to that strength, who are willing to speak to the power of, of togetherness. And, and the fact that, again, that, that we're stronger when we're together In the world in which, you know, we have our Asian American citizens being, being, being targeted and we were watching uh, record levels of anti-Semitic hate crimes uh, happening. We're watching the incredible social unrest because of, of, of systemic um, uh, racism and in, 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 in policing and other institutions of government, that this is a, such a really crucial time that I've, I've always tried to um, uh, make sure we understand the, the, the sense of urgency and continue to build this republic and in our individual roles in helping sustain it. Uh, it it's, um, you know, um, I go back to where I started guys. You know, I, I, I know who I am and I know whose I am. And I, and, and I, I am, I'm very thankful uh, to even have had the opportunity to have the audacity in 20, 2009 to suggest I wanted to be mayor of the city because I know that just one generation removed, that it would be, you know, it would be comedy. It would be a joke. Uh, for someone to suggest um, someone of, of African-American descent to suggest that they would want to do that in Columbia, South Carolina, the home of the first secession convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of the labors of so many people of so many backgrounds, you know, we're able to do that now. And it's, um, and I just think it's powerful and meaningful. And I think people need to understand the role that they play the role that that dishwasher at their high school played, that that cheese you know, you never saw him wear his army uniform uh, when he served his country and 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 fought against Nazis or or fascism. I mean that 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 we're connected and we're so much more powerful when we speak to the the uh, the aspirational values of of what this country is meant to be. And 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 I, and I kind of see that in the core of everything that we that we do, uh, the spirit of equity and inclusion and and, and what it can really mean. And building a great city um so um mm. so i'm, I'm sorry I I, I I digress but 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 just kind of want to help you guys understand the way i kind of see mm-hmm. uh the the our role as um as uh, as citizens and and, and leaders and no,
1: that's great.
0: We, I mean, I, I like the digression. I mean, this is what a conversation is about. And I just wanted to, to follow up with a quick question. Um, I mean, about your emphasis of downtown. Like, I really like that, the revitalization of Main Street. If I was to pick your legacy, um, you know, I don't have the power to do that. But that's what I would say it is. Um, but also without, and I don't think that this is forgotten in the work um uh, that you've done, and um, in your aspiration of inclusion, but um, you know Main Street, and, and you brought up sc sixty three. Main Street was a site of hyper segregation, and so how do we, um, as you know, residents of Columbia, as citizens of Columbia, kind of, you know, weigh out what we want our city to look like, and 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 I think what our city is now in certain places with this history, this. You know, you even mentioned where the secessionist, um, you know, papers. I don't know if that's the proper terminology were written um, or were first written. So how do we balance that then, like this really deep history of segregation and racism in, in the South, but on Main Street?
2: Yeah. Oh, no, it's, a, it's a, a, I intentionally when we first rolled out the Columbia SC63 project, and I would encourage people to go to ColumbiaSC63.com and, and you'll learn so much more, not only about the civil rights history, but but really the entire journey of um, of, of our great city and uh, as the capital uh, of, of this state um, uh, the the protests and the um, the, the the violent um, racism that people like Sarah Mae Fleming saw a, mm-hmm. over a year before Rosa Parks right. um, her lawsuit was one of the lawsuits mentioned in the Rosa Parks case she was Rosa Parks she Rosa Parks was Rosa Parks uh, mm-hmm. the the Edwards versus South Carolina decision um, that that was uh, um, that we celebrated um, just a few weeks ago with a monument being unveiled on on Main Street. I, th- I think I think it, it builds a sense of place. Uh, uh, Umi, you talked about about the, about the repatriation of, 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 of diverse citizens back to Columbia, South Carolina. You got to create that stickiness that allows us to to allows people who historically have not felt at home mm-hmm. help them feel at home by telling those stories in a in a in a very meaningful way. We did it a few years ago. Uh, with a wonderful effort um, uh, with Historic Columbia underscoring the, the, the history of our Jewish citizens and helping build this, this, this city, it's so meaningful. But to be able to have a connected, walkable, bikeable, safe, fun experience walking down uh, Main Street uh, where, where, uh, where the importance of the public square is emphasized, that we, we're citizens, we're not meant to be in isolation. That's why this last year was so difficult for so many people. We're meant to be around, we're, we're around each other, and learning from each other, and, and helping each other, you know, live up to you know our aspirational goals. Uh, it, it's so important that that we work to build this public square and to look at a building and be able to tell a story of that building, how this building was once this place where 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 where, where, where virulent. Uh, racism was, was once practiced, and now it's at the core uh, of, of our, our message of, in, of inclusion, to tell that message of growth. We can't rewrite the past. Uh, we, can tell, we can tell the stories of the past accurately, mm-hmm. but more importantly, it's important for us to realize that, first of all, we're standing on the stage right now. We're writing history every single day, and our future is subjective. It is what we build it to be. So we're on the stage right now, and we are living, I will tell you uh, both, that we are living in historic times as we speak. Uh, that, 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 that folks will talk about 2020, uh, about, about the greatest pandemic since 1918, the greatest economic disruption you know, since an uh, election year, certainly since 1932, and the greatest social unrest around, around uh, systemic racism and, and, and policing since 1968, all wrapped up into one year one year in 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 2020 and 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 what that means uh for the future of the republic we're on a stage right now but more importantly our future is subjective uh that two cities equally yoked that 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 take history on very different ways right now will be fundamentally different places in 10 years and in 20 years and so this is our opportunity uh to make some very specific investments in everything from the way we police to the way we invest in, in infrastructure. We don't, no, no one really cares about about infrastructure until it doesn't work anymore. We don't, we don't, <laughs> see, we don't see water pipes in, until, until they burst. Um, um, we don't, we don't uh, really care about, about a road until it's our road. The reality is that America has 19th, 19th century infrastructure um, that's managed by 20th century policies and, and, and financing models. Uh, and we have 21st century needs like broadband and, and, and ways in which we can uh, uh, build a much more aggressively inclusive economy and educational system. You know, so, so, so this is the time uh, to recognize that, that 2030 and 2040 will be very different for two cities equally yoked, but, but the ones that, that decide to aggressively embrace that future and, and decide that we're going to create our desired future state. Is um, uh, that 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 one city uh, will be an exceptional and special place, and that's what I want. Uh, that's what I want Columbia to be. That yeah. was actually
0: one of our questions, so I'm glad you answered that. And I just want to also <laughs> add that you talked about infrastructure, and mm-hmm. Dylan and I are both so excited. To have episodes about infrastructure in this city, like the sewer system and the garbage system, so you're really setting a great tone for uh, for our podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're
1: we're looking forward to doing an episode just dedicated to water and sewer in the city. So we know people will be riveted by that. But we think it's <laughs> we think it's important, and it's there's a long standing history uh, in the city when it comes to that. But I, I really I appreciated both of those answers, and I love that you're even just talking. Talking about things like infrastructure, equity and education, broadband, um, you know, just the fact that you're bringing those things up. But I know that you're also pursuing those things in the city as well. So uh, I'm very thankful for that. So it's no secret. um, You've made the public announcement that that this is the end of your term. We've already got some folks who have stepped up to be running for your seat. Um, So this is it. You've got less than a year uh, left in the office. Uh, What's left to be done for you? What are your priorities?
2: Oh, man, we've got so much to do. You know, obviously, with the passage of the American Rescue Plan in particular, Um uh, thank thankful to uh, you know, the advocacy of, of, of folks like uh, Congressman Clyburn uh, leading in the Congress but the leadership of the Biden-Harris administration. We're going to see unprecedented amount of, of sums of, of money coming to the local, our local governments that really do help us uh, prepare uh, for the future in a meaningful way. We expect that that will be followed by and an, uh, potentially by an infrastructure bill. That's going to help us deal with some of the longstanding and, and, uh, and pernicious uh, challenges we face, like maybe even maybe, maybe even maybe some railroad issues uh, and the like and, 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 and bicycle pedestrian infrastructure. Uh, but uh, we're going to obviously just make sure that we continue to invest uh, in uh, in our infrastructure uh, going forward. It, it was one of the major issues facing the city, making sure we protect uh, these three beautiful um, uh uh, rivers that that well, the reason that we're here in the in the first place uh, we're gonna we're gonna make aggressive investments in affordable housing, um, uh, some very innovative investments in, in, in infrastructure and continue to do our, our very best to be good stewards of, of the public tr- public purse uh, um, uh, uh, people who are right, left, and in between want to make sure that you're being good stewards of their their public dollars. We got a couple of specific um, uh, efforts of obviously um, efforts around policing and making sure that we continue to invest in 21st century policing and work to build the bonds of trust that must exist between all of our communities, particularly communities of color and our, and our um, our, our public safety uh, leaders Uh, at some place. I'm going to spend a lot of time. So there's, 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 um, there's more than enough to say grace over. And I just hope that you guys and and your, your your, your listeners, who are in the uh, uh, municipal boundaries of the city of Columbia? That you'll demand uh, from the 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 man or the woman, the uh, three people who've announced so far. There may be others, but the, but anyone who, who who seeks to follow me um, uh, in this office, uh, they are they don't need to share all of my priorities. Um, but I, but I I hope at very least that we will uh, push them to be committed uh, to to the spirit of inclusion that defines Columbia. We believe that it goes back to the birth of this city um, in March 17, 1787, when we we, we talked about the oppressed of all lands, finding refuge under the wings of Columbia. It it is why our flag is what our flag is right now. Uh, While we decided that that an old flag of cotton and corn didn't define the city we wanted to be for the 21st century, Uh, but we needed to, to, to boldly articulate the spirit of inclusion which means that we're a city for all people, uh, that you demand of, of your next mayor um, that, 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 that he or she be committed to that very same spirit of inclusion as a sacrosanct to who we are as a city.
1: Well, Mayor Benjamin, uh, we all want to know. <laughs> we all want to know.
2: <laughs>
1: and I imagine I won't get the answer, but we're going to ask it anyway. What is next for Steve Benjamin?
2: Uh, Steve Benjamin is a husband and a father. I feel like, I feel like Maximus <laughs> and Gladiator. Uh, husband, you know, um, I, you know, I'm, I am going to, um, you know, I'm going I'm to obviously, I'm a lawyer by training. I'm going to practice law and, and, and do business and enjoy. You know, the last couple of years, uh, oldest daughter will be off in college in two years, and our, our youngest will be two years behind her. Uh, but but obviously, I was I was as active, maybe more active as a private citizen before I was mayor. And that's going to be the same as soon as I leave office. Um, uh, while I won't be running for office in the immediate future, I have not ruled it out um, uh, down the line, I am going to be actively actively involved in everything from voter registration and voter engagement, and also um, more likely than not in our redistricting and reapportionment battles that are coming to the state um, mm-hmm. post um, when we finally got our census numbers. So I'm going to be very active in, in that. We've gotten to a point now where – uh, we have these incredibly gerrymandered districts that don't require our elected officials uh, to actually speak and act on behalf of the men and women uh, that they represent, particularly at the, at the State House and, and in Congress. And I, I, I really want to make sure that we're working hard to to, to draw some fair maps and to make sure that uh, the, the acts of our policymakers uh, actually reflect the will of, of the men and women and families that they represent. So that's where I'm going to spend a lot of my time, energy um, and, and personal resources over the next couple of years
0: that's thank you i mean i i think just in the immediate future it's glad to hear that we'll maybe see you down main street again
2: oh you're de- oh, you're me <laughs> 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 well, well, on main street okay i believe that one alone <laughs> uh, Ubi, you got me on that one so, 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 so we, we, we shall see i i but i will say this and, and i know we're, we're we're about to wrap up you all you you, you all both know I mean, just scores and scores of amazing men and women mm. who live in this city, hundreds. Uh, if, and, and, you know. Or, or, and if we sat down and really decided to name names, we could name thousands of amazingly talented and gifted people who come from so many different backgrounds who have so much to offer. Mm-hmm. You've got to create an environment that encourages them to step into public leadership, uh, that encourages them to get as involved in shaping the future uh, of this city. And If we continue to have what we've had, the city the state in this country if we continue to have what we've had uh it, it it's not attractive uh to people to want to be involved in shaping what i still believe to be the, the greatest democratic nation in the history of the world um and if we lose that and we're at a crucial point in our history right now um not just january 6 but but over the last uh several years if in fact um uh we we really seize this moment uh we could we we can we can ensure uh, you know the prosperity of all of our citizens in, in this country for many years to come. But it's going to take active leadership, I, uh, activism. Without, you know, action is just a conversation. It's going to take active leadership and action to make it happen. So hopefully, um, we can uh, encourage a whole lot more really good people. Um, I, I need Democrats, Republicans, Independents, everybody in between, uh, to consider serving uh, um, our fellow our fellow uh, citizens.
1: Well, I definitely think that that's the quote of the day. Action without or excuse me, activism without action is just conversation Mm -hmm. I like that. And I have to say, my friend, I appreciate uh, the vulnerability and honesty in that response. Uh, You've you've definitely laid out what you're going to be doing following office. And you even said that there might be a possible run in the future. So we'll take that. Um, but I, I love to hear everything that you're going to be doing. And and as we close and, and round out the conversation, I, I just I want to say to you personally, Mayor Benjamin, um, for me, uh, what your legacy will be. And I, I hope this happens for for everybody in the city. Uh, politics aside, not everybody is going to agree uh, with your politics, the decisions that you've made. Uh, that's just the reality um, but every time I've been around you, you're, you're a busy guy, you're all over the place, and every time I've seen you somewhere or talked to you, uh, you look me in the eye, you remember my name, you make me feel like I'm the most important person in the room in that moment, Uh, you're a very personable mayor. Uh, you've been very engaged in the city, not just from city hall, but all over the place. And I I think and hope that your legacy will go down as one, um, that's truly made a difference in the city, but you've truly made a difference in people's lives one by one. So we really appreciate you.
0: I'd like to definitely echo that. I, you know, I come, I haven't been in this city long. I've been in the city, I don't know, three and a half years only, and I come from a really big city up north, uh you know, north of the border. <laughs> but, I mean, just working at the Nickelodeon, and I think one of the most, like, one of one of the days that kind of really made me fall in love with the city is that we were having summer camp with the kids, and you were passing by, and just walked into the theater, and were like, day. what's up? And you sat on the, on the stairs, and all the kids came around you, and we took pictures, and you were kind of, I mean, I'm assuming you're walking to City Hall or walking away, and you kind of just walked in and been like, yeah, let's take some pictures. And that, I mean, just that personal touch, as Dylan was saying, um, really makes this city amazing and really kind of highlights that potential um, that you're striving towards. So, yes, thank you very much for that.
2: Well, you're both you're both incredibly kind. And I'm thankful that at a very young age, you both have decided to lead. Uh, (laughs) You don't don't have to be retired and 60 or 70 years old to start leading. Uh, We need we need more young leadership, diversity of leadership diversity of ideas very early on, and, I, um, and I'll, I'll wrap up with the, where I started the sense of humility, understanding that you can learn from uh, a 77-year-old and a 7-year-old if you're mm. just listening more than you're talking. And uh, you guys bring uh, some amazingly um, um, strong skill sets to the table. So hopefully the, the the city continues to leverage the the, the real leadership you guys are bringing. And and Steve Benjamin's not going anywhere. I'm not. Don't don't write my my, my obituary. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll be here. And if you all ever need me, I'm a phone call away. All right. Thank you. That very sounds
1: much. good. Thank you again for for taking all the time right. to be with us today. We appreciate it. And uh, good all luck right. in the rest of your term.
2: All right. Thank you so much. Thank Godspeed.
1: You, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Welcome back to Soda City Speaks. Uh, This is our final segment of community listings. So, Ome, what's going on in Columbia this month?
0: Well, let me tell you. First off, Richland Library is partnering with local artist Jeff Rivers to host pop-up art shows at seven library locations to highlight the work of local Black, Indigenous artists, and artists of color and their personal ties to the community. If you're interested in having your work highlighted, uh, you can drop a submission at the Richland Library website and it should include a headshot, a bio, five art examples, and a summary of your connection to the community. And the deadline to apply is April 15th.
1: Awesome, may Well, I know that fans are excited to hear that Gamecock football is coming back. So Spurs Up, Sandstorm. Uh, who's ready to get back to williams Bryce? Tickets are on sale now for the 2021 Gamecock football season, and they have launched what they're calling the Welcome Home Campaign to get williams Bryce back to the ruckus home field advantage that we've been used to for so long. Um, For those who uh, could use a little relief in the challenging times, now through June 25th, They are rolling back season ticket prices to their 2010 ticket prices, which, fun fact, was the last time that Coach Beamer actually walked the sidelines.
0: I have no idea who those people are or what you're talking about. (laughs) But we continue. A printmaking exhibition, Pressing Voices, is now at the Columbia Museum of Art, and it's a companion show to the imaginative works of M.C. Escher, which is on display through June 6th. Tickets to the museum are available on their website. You can even book a time to be COVID safe.
1: And Cola concerts are back. Uh, Cola Concerts at the Columbia Speedway are reconvening after COVID-19 precautions. Uh, The first shows will start the first week of April, uh, so April 1st through the 4th. And for a complete list of shows, you can go to colaconcerts.com.
0: And finally, the CMA continues their virtual monthly trivia nights on April 20th. I have done a few. I did not do well. This month will feature special guest Curtis Caesar John, who's the founder of the Luminal Theater, where there will be a special film theme round. So, all you cinephiles out there, join in because there are prizes for first, second, and third place and most creative team name.
1: I'm sorry. Did you say cinephile? Yeah. That'll work?
0: Yeah. Oh. People who like, who are like really keen ooh.
1: on the cinemas. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to Soda City Speaks. We have plenty of exciting episodes coming up, including interviews with all of the candidates, discussions on the city's water and sewage history, spooky bull street, and so much more.
0: Find out what's coming up on social media. Follow us at Soda City Speaks on Twitter and Facebook, and or drop us a line at SodaCitySpeaks at gmail.com.
1: Soda City Speaks is produced and hosted by Dylan Gunnels and Ome Salma Tula.
0: Our theme music for the podcast is by DJ Preach Jacobs. Check him out on Instagram and Twitter at Preach Jacobs and the Columbia music featured this week was by The Restoration from their EP, New South Blues and the album West.
1: Thanks again for joining. Join us again on May 1st and let Soda City speak to you.